So the uh, title for tonight's lesson was uh, Please Be Patient. Didn't quite make it to uh, the bulletin, miscommunication on my part. Uh, and the scripture reading for this evening is from 1 Samuel 13, verses 8 through 14. Again, if you'd like to follow along, that's 1 Samuel 13, verses 8 through 14. Then he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, Bring a burnt offering and peace offerings here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened, as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, that Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him, that he might greet him. And Samuel said, What have you done? Saul said, When I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash, then I said, The Philistines will come down on me at Gagal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore I felt compelled and offered a burnt, a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Patience. It's a word that we all use on a regular basis, particularly those of us with small children. I wish I had a dollar for every time I told Harvey and Annabelle to please be patient. I would have long since retired if that were in fact the case. But what is patience? Uh, dictionaries tell us that patient is the capacity, habit, or fact of bearing pains or trials calmly or without complaint. That gives us a general idea of the word patience at which we are looking into this evening. Keep in mind that this is a secular version or definition of patience, and two things are involved in this definition. One is being in an unpleasant but common situation, and two, being calm about it, which is arguably the harder part. Biblically, patience usually indicates a calm, abiding endurance, sometimes associated with wisdom or humility. Just think about those traits for a second. Calm, abiding endurance, wisdom, humility. Sound like someone we know? How does God show his patience? God's patience with his people ancient ancient Israel is an outstanding example of this virtue. Though Israel constantly turned to idols, turned to wickedness, and turned away from him, God pleaded with them to repent and call on his name. He told Solomon in 2 Chronicles 7, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal the land. Only a patient and long-suffering God would be able to offer forgiveness after what the Israelites consistently did. God waited patiently. He sent his prophets for generations before exiling Israel and Judah to foreign lands. Nehemiah acknowledged this while praying to God when he says, Yet for many years you had patience with them and testified against them by your spirit in your prophets. Yet they would not listen. Therefore, you gave them into the land of the peoples of the lands, in the hand of the peoples of the lands. Sorry. Jesus was similarly patient. What did he do when Peter denied him, or Thomas said that he would not believe him until he touched the wound? Did he cast them out? Not at all. He was patient with them because he understood their hearts. This evening, I'd like to discuss three areas where we are all, most of us, largely impatient, and how that directly contradicts how God tells each of us to be. One, we're impatient during hard times. Two, we're impatient when things aren't moving fast enough for us. And three, 
we're impatient when we're overly anxious about the future. The first one I'd like to talk about is being impatient during hard times. As the story of Saul, as the story of Saul illustrates, sometimes we are impatient during the hard times. Saul had been instructed not to offer a sacrifice until the Samuel pro prophet Samuel had arrived. But in the story, Samuel is running late and the enemies of Israel are gathering. So what is Saul to do? It's easy to sympathize with Saul's plight if you put yourself in his shoes for just a minute. He's been told what to do. He knows what he's supposed to do. But the circumstances of the moment are forcing him in another direction. He's been put to a tough choice and he's being tried. How many of us have been in a similar situation? A situation where we know what we're supposed to do, but the circumstances of the moment make us question the wisdom of the commandment and the guidance we've been given. When the time came and went and Samuel did not appear, Saul began to worry. His patience wore thin and then turned to impatience. Saul and the people with him grew more and more impatient and fearful until Saul decided to offer the sacrifices himself in direct defiance of God's command. Immediately after Saul's sin, Samuel appeared. He then condemned the king's act and informed Saul that God had rejected him for the king of Israel. We have to be patient when things are going well, as well as in times of trial, but our patience seems to be more tried when we are under duress, trial, or persecution. The Apostle James wrote something similar about profiting from trials. From James 1, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. We see there that patience is a very important virtue for a Christian to develop. James is not referring merely to the ability to bear things, but the ability to turn trials, suffering, and frustrations to positive growth opportunities and chances to be a true witness for the glory of God. The context here refers to the way in which we handle tests of character. He refers to the process of testing. If we handle these tests righteously, it will produce unwavering faithfulness. God wants patient and faithful people in his kingdom. Jacob is another example of someone who endured adverse conditions without complaining. He was a man who had great patience. His patience required that he serve 14 years for his marriage to Rachel. Afterwards, he continued to serve Laban another six years to earn flocks for himself. During this time, he endured fatiguing heat and painful cold. He suffered from lack of sleep. His wages were changed 10 times, and he had to tolerate loss from his own flocks to pay for stolen animals. Yet through all of this, his lack of complaining is extraordinary. He was a man of great patience and endurance. There is little or nothing we can do about some trials and persecu persecutions that we encounter. We just have to persevere through them and remain under them until the trials are over, learning and changing what we can along the way as best we can do it. We should endure them optimistically and continue with patience. <clears throat> Two, we're impatient when things aren't moving fast enough for us. Children hate to be told that they need to wait. And the child in all of us still wants God to meet every need, to grant every request, to move every mountain. When? Immediately. Maybe yesterday, actually. And when God deems it best to say very caringly to his children, not yet, what is our mature adult response? But I want it now, right now. You don't understand how badly I need it right now. Not three years from now, but right now. We're an instant gratification culture, and that plays through with this as well. But it is essential for us to understand that often God isn't saying no. He's merely saying, 
Be patient. God says in Isaiah 55, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Jesus tells us to pray with persistence, but this does not mean that we are to pray with impatience. I think that quite often when we are into a trial and we are praying, that we have a certain impatience about asking God to intervene on our behalf. 1 Corinthians 10.13 tells us that no temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. If God does not solve the problem right away, he will at least help us have the patience and optimism we need to cope with it. Patience is one of the virtues Peter tells us to add to the other virtues that should be evident in our lives with God. From 2 Peter 1, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness love. We tend to grow impatient and lose hope quickly when God's promise seems slow in coming, and it is important to understand God's sense of time. We want problems to be sorted out quickly, today, tomorrow, next week at the latest. Next year seems too long or far off. However, God's plans operate not just over days or weeks, but over years, centuries, even millennia. Think of all of the, time, all of the times in the Gospel of John when Jesus is prompted to do something but simply responds that his hour had not yet come. Our time is not God's time. Psalm 37 says that rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. The ancient, ancient Israelites' lack of godly patience caused them no end of troubles. They saw God's direct intervention for help in miracle after miracle after miracle on their behalf, yet they became impatient and rebelled over and over again, rather than trust God for, food, for things like food, water, and protection. When they traveled in the wilderness after their deliverance by God's hand from Egypt, grumbling and impatience marked their character. As we read in Numbers 21, the people became impatient on the way and, got, and spoke against God and Moses. From Numbers 21, Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. We here see the opposite attitude of patience. Rather than thanking God for the food that they had, their freedom, and his visible presence with them in the wilderness, they grumbled because they were taking a long route. God was not performing what they thought he should do as fast as they thought he should do it. After all, were they not waiting and waiting and waiting? Here impatience is shown for what it is, a selfish, whiny demand. The self is placed above God's purposes and demands that its desires be met immediately rather than putting their trust in God and putting your faith in God's plan. God knows the true urgency of a situation or condition, and it is his infinite wisdom that he knows when and how to intervene. If the problem is not as urgent as we believe, God may make us wait. But at least we know, by his seeming non-intervention, that the problem is not quite as urgent as we may have thought. 
if we are looking at it optimistically, positively, and above all, faithfully, the lack of God's intervention on our behalf, at least in our view, may very well, and probably does, indicate that the time is just not right. We are also impatient because we are anxious about the future. I wouldn't call myself a warrior, but I'd call myself a planner. I always like to think about how or what I'm doing will position me in the future, either for better or for worse. To that end, I'm constantly thinking about family, career, finances, anything I could possibly think of to start planning ahead. Maybe too much, if you ask Reagan. Although I don't think anyone should just throw up their hands and say, whatever happens, happens, I do think that we should each recognize that we should be patient and trust in God. We live in a world where there are more nervous breakdowns than at any other time in history. It is an indication that more and more people have the feeling that they just simply cannot cope with the pressures of life. Even some of those in God's church who have God's comfort and grace suffer from a similar feeling because society is constantly bombarding us. Sometimes we can all feel overwhelmed with a sense of impending doom. Many times we feel burdened down with problems and sins, and we feel our own inadequacies to overcome them. At some time in our lives, most of us have reached the point when our problems seem overwhelming and too much for each of us to deal with. But Jesus had told us not to worry. For Matthew 6, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? From 2 Thessalonians 3.5 tells us, Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. Patience is much more than an outward action of waiting. It is an inner mental attitude that helps each of us find calm. By optimistically enduring difficult circumstances, we can avoid the penalties associated with impatience. High blood pressure, increased frustrations, strained relationships. These are all negative effects on each of our lives. Patience produces fewer hasty words and hurt feelings, no irritating outbursts or complaints that make it harder for people to be around us. In 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul tells us, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Whenever you're impatient, Think back to the patience of God. Think back to his constant patience with the Israelites. Think back to the constant patience Jesus, that Jesus showed both to his disciples and to those that persecuted him. If our Lord could be patient throughout all of that, maybe we could be a little more patient when our kids ask for water for the 29th time when they already have some, or when that person at work messes up the same project yet again. Or when our spouse forgets to pick up milk when they were at the grocery store earlier. All of these things that in our daily lives tend to make us impatient. Think about how patient the Lord has been with each of us in our lives. Uh, I'll leave you with one uh, funny, met funny method from a 1990s sitcom called Family Matters, for those of you that may remember this. Um, Carl Winslow, the father, has been having high blood pressure issues, and so the doctor recommends a strategy. Whenever he's stressed, He's supposed to say, three, two, one, one, two, three, what the heck is bothering me? Uh, it doesn't really work out for him in the show, uh, but it will put things in perspective for each of us. The next time you're impatient, try asking yourself how big a deal it really is. I'm guessing you'll pretty soon figure out 
that staying calm is a much better alternative than losing your cool and spending a lot of time worrying about it. For anyone in the crowd tonight that may need prayers for patience, prayers for healing, or just a shoulder to lean on, won't you let us know while together we stand and we sing.